No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Ahaz reigns in Judah and is extremely wicked. He leads Judah in the worship of Baal and shuts the doors of the temple. This ruins the nation. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 28 on Simply the Bible. Good king, bad king. It's the story of the kings of Judah. One king is good and he has a son who is a bad king. Then his son is a good king. What can we make of all this? Is there no rhyme or reason? Only this. Each of us will give an account of himself before God. Whether our parentage was good or bad, we each have an equal opportunity to love truth and seek God, or we can reject God and believe a lie. Sadly, that is exactly what King Ahaz of Judah did, even though his father Jotham had been a good king. We continue in 2 Chronicles chapter 28. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord, as his father David had done. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molded images for the Baals. He burned incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom and burned his children in the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. And he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, and under every green tree. King Ahaz had a short reign, only 16 years, but he did very great damage to the nation of Judah. He did this by walking in the ways of the kings of Israel and worshiping these molded images of the Baals. Now, the thing about these images was that they were pornographic, many of them, and it was all about worshiping procreation and fertility. You see, they were impressed with childbirth, as anyone would be who has witnessed the birth of a child. It's a miracle, a wondrous thing. And they began in their worship of these fertility goddesses to exercise various sexual rites in their worship. So there was much sexual immorality that went along with the worship of these gods, including temple prostitutes, much open sex, happened as a result of this. And so there were many unwanted pregnancies. Well, what do you do with a lot of unwanted pregnancies? Well, what they did as was to follow the practices of the Canaanites. They had the god Molech who had arms made of metal and they would heat the metallic image in the fire until those arms turned red hot. And then they would take their babies and put them on the arms of Molech. Thus, they would get rid of their unwanted babies. Now, we think that that is hideous and cruel and horrendous, and of course it is. But we have a very similar problem today, and that is because we worship sex as a culture, because we think that anything goes, we don't have to pay any attention about 
morality or what God has to say regarding sexual practices, there ends up being many unwanted pregnancies. And what do we do? Well, we have sanctioned abortion. We destroy the infant and we don't have to think about it as much because it happens within the womb, but still the same destruction of an innocent life is happening. Nothing is new. As Solomon would say, there is nothing new under the sun. Therefore, the Lord is God. Deliver him into the hand of the king of Syria. They defeated him and carried away a great multitude of them as captives and brought them to Damascus. Then he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel who defeated him with a great slaughter. For Pekah, the son of Remaliah, killed 120,000 in Judah in one day, all valiant men, because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. Zikri, a mighty man of Ephraim, killed Maaseah, the king's son, Azrakam, the officer over the house, and Elkanah, who was second to the king. And the children of Israel carried away captive of their brethren 200,000 women, sons, and daughters. And they also took away much spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria. So because of their wickedness, God delivered Judah first into the hand of the king of Syria, and the Syrians took many of them away captive. And then the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel as well. And Israel killed 120,000 of the valiant men of Judah. That was probably about a third of their army at least. And then Israel went the next step. They actually took captives from Judah. Now, now there had been wars between Israel and Judah before, but never had they taken captive their own brethren. And of course, they were their brethren. They were all children of Israel. And so they took captive 200,000 women, sons, and daughters back to Samaria in Israel. But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Oded, and he went out before the army that came to Samaria, and he said to them, Look, because the Lord God of your fathers was angry with Judah, he has delivered them into your hand. But you have killed them in a rage that reaches up to heaven. And now you propose to force the children of Judah and Jerusalem to be your male and female slaves? But are you not also guilty before the Lord your God? Now hear me, therefore, and return the captives whom you have taken captive from your brethren. For the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. And so this prophet Oded came out and met them as they were coming into Samaria with all these captives and said, what are you doing? You're just as guilty. You know, God delivered your brothers from Judah into your hand, but you know, you think you're going to get away with this if you take them captive? You see, they were disobeying the law of Moses that said that they were not to take their fellow Jews captive. And so they were disobeying that. And, and so the prophet said, you're just adding to the wrath of God against you. You've already been disobedient because you're not worshiping the Lord, but now you're adding to that. So you need to return your captive brethren. Then some of the heads of the children of Ephraim stood up against those who came from war. And they said to them, you shall not bring the captives here for we already have offended the Lord. You intend to add to our sins and to our guilt for our guilt is great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel. 
So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the leaders and all the assembly. Then the men who were designated by name rose up and took the captives, and from the spoil they clothed all who were naked among them, dressed them, and gave them sandals, gave them food and drink, and anointed them, and they let all the feeble ones ride on donkeys. So they brought them to their brethren at Jericho, the city of palm trees, then they returned to Samaria. So these leaders of Ephraim stood up and said, don't you bring them back here. We've got enough trouble on our hands. They feared God. And so they designated some of their own to clothe the captives. You see that they had humiliated them. They were naked. They didn't even have any sandals. And so they dressed them. They gave them sandals. They fed them, anointed their wounds with oil. And the feeble ones, they gave donkeys for them to ride and they took them back to Jericho, which was on the border of Judah. And so they showed them mercy. You know, Proverbs 25, 21 says, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. Well, this was their enemy in one sense, but also their brethren. And so They did the right thing. They showed them mercy. They sent them back. At the same time, King Ahaz sent to the kings of Assyria to help him. For again, the Edomites had come, attacked Judah, and carried away captives. The Philistines also had invaded the cities of the lowland and of the south of Judah and were dwelling there. For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had encouraged moral decline in Judah and had been continually unfaithful to the Lord. You know, the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And here was a king who hardened his heart against the Lord, was increasingly disobedient. And so uh, God was resisting him on every count. Also, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came to him and distressed him and did not assist him. For Ahaz took part of the treasures from the house of the Lord, from the house of the king, and from the leaders, and he gave it to the king of Assyria, but he did not help him. We are told in 2 Kings that he appealed to the king of Assyria and said, I am your son, I am your servant, just pandering to this Assyrian king because he was looking to the king of Assyria for help against the Philistines and the Edomites, but it it didn't turn out so well, even though he paid him from the, the temple treasury. It didn't work out. It was a vain help. Now, in the time of his distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to the Lord. This is that King Ahaz, for he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him, saying, Because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and all of Israel. So Ahaz gathered the articles of the house of God, cut in pieces the articles of the house of God, shut up the doors of the house of the Lord, and made for himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. And in every single city of Judah he made high places to burn incense to other gods, and provoked to anger the Lord God of his fathers. You would think that when things started going really bad that he would turn to the Lord, but no, he just increased 
his wickedness. He went to Damascus and saw the altar that they had to their gods there. He came back and he told the high priest, I want you to make uh, an altar just like what they have in Damascus. The high priest did it. They put it next to the altar of the Lord and he began to sacrifice on that altar. And he even cut up the oxen that supported the great sea and he used the bronze from that. He shut the doors of the temple of, of the Lord so nobody could worship there. In every way, he increased his wickedness. And then he went to the cities of Judah and established pagan worship on the high places so the people would burn incense to other gods, thus provoking the Lord to anger. Now the rest of his acts and all his ways from first to last, indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. So Ahaz rested with his fathers and they buried him in the city in Jerusalem, but they did not bring him into the tombs of the kings of Israel. Then Hezekiah his son reigned in his place. An evil king who had been born to a good king. He ended his life in wickedness and a dishonorable burial, not being buried with the kings of Israel. The only thing good we can say about Ahaz is he would give birth to a very good son, Hezekiah. And we will look at his life and what he did beginning tomorrow. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Tomorrow we'll see where Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, reigns in Judah and sanctifies the Levites and priests to cleanse the temple. Sacrifices are offered and worship of the Lord is restored. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.